that eight point. Yeah. You did it out that morning. That was awesome. All right, guys. Here we are. AFCO After Hours podcast. We are live from Missouri. We are on Lake Viking down here. We've all been fortunate enough to, uh, what do we say? We took over a lake house. We'll just say that. I'm gonna ma- I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm not gonna I'm gonna pretend like we stole this house. Like we just took it over with rifles, and this is now our compound. So we got Brad and Levi and Josh, but Josh gets weird when we're recording, so he probably won't be involved. But we just want to talk about right now what we're excited about going into deer season coming up. Right now, everyone's prepping. Everyone's putting trail cams. We're all looking at velvet deer. We're getting excited. Um, for those of us who are spike hunters, we don't care about velvet because we're going for the we're going for the single tine glories of the world, which you antler hunters can talk all the shit you want, but a spike tastes better than a five year old eight pointer. But anywho, that's the intro. Here we are. Now we're gonna all pretend like we're not being weird and talking properly on a podcast so brad you you didn't get to hunt last year because no. you got married yeah so like what what i guess just like i guess i don't really know your background in hunting like what is your background in hunting uh how long have you been hunting and like what are you looking forward to this year i've been hunting since i was six years old i'm 33 now so you know last year was the first year i didn't get to go hunting because i was prepping for the wedding and we did everything well worth it but yeah we well, well worth it, it. Yeah, yeah yeah we did we made everything my hands for the wedding and everything so i took yeah. over time so i skipped out last year on hunting so i'm looking forward to this year. yeah getting back out and getting back on the trail again have you been uh do you gun hunt bow hunt i uh, i bow and gun hunt so bow and gun yep so you primarily hunt Missouri? Uh, so I hunt Kansas. So my family owns 280 acres in, okay. in Kansas. So I'm a Missouri resident, but I got put by a private land in Kansas that yeah. I can yeah. yeah, big, so big bucks. Big oh, bucks. Yeah. So that's one thing I was talking to him about. When you when we talk about, like, uh, you hear big bucks, you think Iowa. Well, it depends on where you're from because I've been I've been challenged on this. <laughs> Primarily, everyone thinks Southern Iowa, big bucks. I debated my hairstylist this last mm-hmm. week. I swear to you. Yeah. She was saying Kansas bucks are bigger than Michigan. Kansas buck actually does antler size rank bigger than Michigan, but I meant more the size of the deer. So I think yeah. we're arguing two different points. Well, that that is a good point because when we when we argue we argue deer, I think when people. So, because I'm an Iowa resident, I'm just going to say Iowa has the biggest antlered and bodied deer of any state in the country. Um, that, it, it, it's true. So, the Missouri resident wants to argue. Um, no, here's the thing. Wisconsin, dude. No, I'm talking, I'm talking out of, antler, out of antler Kansas, Missouri, and, and not well, Iowa. I just mean, I'm talking about body. The, 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 I've seen the pictures of the Michigan buck. Did you see that one that was almost 400 pounds? Yeah, but they, they, they're 110-inch deer. I'm not okay. You know what I mean? I'm just talking about body size. I'm talking about the whole package. We're gonna argue. Yeah. So, so, out, of the, so out of the three states, Missouri, this, Kansas, and this Iowa. Podcast just got Missouri, spicy. Yeah, Missouri, Kansas, and Iowa. And I will say this, and I, I leave out Illinois, and so does everybody else, because you're a liberal shithole. Illinois is <laughs> number one for racks. Illinois they got the hands. Bucks. Yes. So that's the a funny Han- thing. Is it hands or Hanson? Hanson. Hanson. So it's funny because Illinois always gets left out of the conversation. 
It's always Iowa, so Southern Iowa, Northern Missouri. That is, that is funny because as soon as I looked it up, Illinois was top. They were, yeah. they were top dog on the list. I saw. Illinois is what you would call a sleeper state because if you if you truly want to find the biggest deer, even though I'm from Iowa, Illinois is pretty. Illinois has got some. Just because Chicago runs the state politically, the rest of the state is still a rural country, big deer big state. Oh my god. So, with that aside, we've got we've got Missouri, Iowa, and Kansas represented here now. I hunt I, Illinois, but I only hunt does because does, I'm not paying an Illinois buck tag. Does it matter? And now that, we've got Arkansas represented. Does, does, it, does, it, does it matter that I'm from Missouri and I got the biggest buck out of anybody here? Well, that's just because you cheated. And you... But see, I'm still a little salty, too, because while I'm getting prepped for a wedding, he's out in the morning duck killing it. <laughs> So I'm getting ready for the wedding. I get a picture. Look who I shot this morning on your, on your, on your damn wedding day. You saw the one and you said a, sent back a picture. Day. Look at the jar that I made with a sweet ribbon around it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Caden, come here. Come here. Come talk about the buck you got. Or are you going somewhere? I'm going to that thing. Well, come talk about the buck you shot. You, you want to get on the podcast? Come on over. I want to hear about your buck. Everybody wants to hear about your buck. Hey, hey uh. All right, well, Caden hey, shot a buck this year, his first buck, and now he's running away. But, no, so we talk about, we talk about Illinois, Illinois, or excuse me, Iowa, Missouri, Kansas. Um, you hunt Kansas. I do, yeah. You did not really get to hunt a lot last year because of the wedding. Yeah. So I'm curious, like, so you've got a lot of private land. Do you guys run trail cams? Do you do that whole we do. thing? We do. Do you guys do food run. plot and everything? We do. Um, so we have soybean and corn. Okay. So we kind of rely on the soybean and corn Thank you. fields kind of to for our deer because once because once the um, all of our yeah. All of our deer blinds are on the edges of the cornfields. Right. So this year, you know, we're, we're we're rotating fields. Okay. So last year, some of the guys, my uncle and my dad stuff, they hunted a certain field. So this year we're gonna, you know, this year we're gonna try a different different field because yeah. So we do corn and beans every other year in different 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 fields. Yeah. So this year we're doing so this this field that we did beans last year we're gonna do corn this year. Okay. So hopefully we're sort of thinking the way. If our idea works out overall, well, deer overall deer the are going to prefer the corn this year in this, in this one field, right? Than last year in this different field, right? So that's what we're kind of shooting for this year. Do you guys have? Have you? Do you run trail cams all year round, or when do you start putting those out? We put them out in January. Okay. That's because I got started into shed hunting. Yeah, for a couple, sure. A couple of years ago, and. I and, and I love it because I can see Does he want to wear the one back, back in the pictures. Yeah, you know, I can kind of match up or try to in the pictures. Right, what shed goes with what deer? Right, and then maybe I'll say, oh, what what what? he was this big this year. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I can kind of compare. I try, I try to compare my my sheds to what I have on trail cameras. Yeah. Kind of see where. Yeah. How things are going. Right. Do you guys? Uh, so what are you what are you currently doing right now with the property for deer prep? Do you so you guys don't if you're you're strictly hunting the farmland, you're you're hunting yeah. over your corn or your beans. Yeah. We um, might when it when it gets closer, like maybe like a couple month or two before we actually go in there. Yeah. We'll go in there and kind of check out everything out. We may put a salt block in there. We yeah. might put, you know, deer corn and some, you know, yeah. some deer minerals and stuff in there we might kind of go in there a couple months beforehand just kind of yeah do you guys uh 
do you have so do you guys pre-hang your stands and that's what you hunt all year so or do you do you have some hang and hunt situations where you're taking a, a mobile setup in or do you i mean because with me hunting pri- primarily by primarily i mean 99 percent public land like i'm constantly moving yeah. i'm going into a piece of land i'm evaluating it i'm scouting it and i'm saying okay this is where the deer currently are yeah and that's where i'm hanging my stand so where i hunt today i'm gonna hunt somewhere else tomorrow exactly. um because i don't have i don't have access to like farmland which it's it's interesting because i think when you get into the public and private debate um you know people are like, oh private land yeah good for you you get to just have the same stand all year you can go out there you got deer everywhere private land i got to chase everything around well really i think we're arguing over like it's two different types of hunting, two completely different. It is because I can, like I said, I live in Missouri, so from my house to the farm, about two and a half hours. Yeah. So I don't go I know, up there I've done it like three times. all the time. So my dad and my uncle are both retired. Uh huh. So they have cattle up there, so they're up there all the time feeding cattle. So they see the progression more than I do. So they're always so they're updating me on where they're at, you know. Yeah. All the time here and there. Which, with they've been retired, they built actual deer blinds right. out, of, out of scrap wood on the ground. Right. With doors and windows and benches and stuff in there. Yeah. And so we actually put them made up to where they could be on wheels, too. So we oh, them, that's put cool. them on wheels. So if we want to move them from field to field, yeah. then we can, you drink that food we can right do that here. as well, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I used to do and then my nephews are starting to get hunting, too. So, so we actually put little propane yeah, tubes in there, too, so the kids can go in there. I don't sit there. Oh, at least enjoy hunting without freezing in the cold or whatever, too. That makes more sense. And then they can, because kids can't still grow enough, too. So with the homemade blinds on the ground, there's enough room for three guys in there and a kid yeah you can move you don't have to worry about kids making a bunch of noise they can lose it you know. <laughs> it was so harsh chill out like, read watch yeah. and it was if like you're if you're a, if you're a bad so parent like, oh my god they can watch their <laughs> ipad that's good you know. i mean a couple years ago when i shot a deer i watched college football all day am i right am i am i blind and then i looked up and i seen him come in and i shot him so i, I yeah. a football game and i shot him <laughs> and that was it so i mean yeah there's you know i, I mean so there's so there's, there's difference with public land and private land if you know you can yeah. move things around that's that's one of my i don't want to say fear but that's one of my like apprehensions with getting my kids into hunting is because i don't have i have some private land in illinois that you know my my buddy will let me bring the kids on to hunt and i think that you know we've discussed like he's going to make blinds to where we can do that type of stuff but if if my son brixon if he's wanting to go out with me like i bow hunt only mm-hmm. and I'm mobile, so I don't have somewhere where it's like, okay, we're going to go sit in a blind, we're going to be warm, we're going to enjoy it. You can do whatever you want to do until a deer comes out, and then you can get excited. So that's my only, that's like what I'm worried about getting my son into it, because I hunt in really shitty conditions a lot of the times that I don't want to be there. And I know a four-year-old is not going to tolerate sitting in a tree in 15-degree weather while it's snowing or raining. Sorry. No, you're you're good. Ten go min- for it. Ten minutes. You want to come up? Help me with them ribs. Yeah. I might go check on them. Yeah. But no. But with a. But with a kid, you know, you want to in- introduce them 
you know, you don't want them to freeze and make it miserable. Then that's what they're going to remember. Right. You know, I was miserable and I don't, you know, you'll make it fun for them, not yeah. miserable. So having the deer, having the big, big deer blinds yeah. made up, you know, having that ability to do that, yeah. I think is, you know, if you're going to get a kid involved, you know, if you, if you, if you have the capability of doing that, yeah, I think that's, you know. Yeah. And it really, like, if you're, if you're the parent of a small kid and you don't have private land, like, I know this is easier said than done, oh, yeah. but like, you really need to try to make relationships with people. Cause I, I think from what I've seen in the hunting world, you can meet tons of people online and actually like, you know, even though you've never met them in person, you can get a really good relationship. Like, you know, my buddy, my buddy Austin in Missouri, my buddy Ken in North Carolina, uh, John who hunts Kansas, um, you name it, uh, Pennsylvania, we got Jeff. Uh, I feel like at this point, I've never, I, I've met a few of them in person because as we, you know, do an archery events over the summer, we've met up in like uh, in Tennessee or in Michigan, um, Michigan, we've got um, Elizabeth uh, and Aaron Brendable. I could go to Michigan, I could go to Indiana with my friend Kyle, like, I feel like you can create a lot of really good relationships to where if you do have young kids that in my case, where I'm going to have to drag them onto public land in Iowa, if, if they want to hunt and that's not going to be fun for them, they're mm -hmm. not going to enjoy it. Um, you know, finding those relationships where most people are gonna be like, Oh, you got young kids that want to get out, like bring them. It may not always be the same if it's like, hey, I'm an adult. I'm looking for a, a 200-inch deer. Can I come hunt your land? Yeah. Most people are like, eh, I don't know about that, buddy. I love you. We're friends. But, exactly. you know, it gets really weird when you start talking about deer and big deer. People put a lot of time and effort and sweat and blood into a specific deer. But if I just want to bring my kid on your land to shoot a doe, or even just to be in a blind and see... You know, it, it turns five, six o'clock, sun's starting to come down. There's 50 doe out in the field. A kid doesn't need to kill a deer to fall in love with deer hunting. Like when we, when we pulled in here, my kid, you know, there's, there's 50 deer in the field. They're super excited about that. Oh yeah. That's going to draw them into the sport. And so if you, if you don't have access to private land that where you can have a controlled situation, I think it's really good to have a friend who will let you bring them on. I mean, hell, you can even say, hey, man, we're not going to kill anything. We just want to come sit and look. Because I feel like that's the key for a young kid. I mean, is that kind of how Caden yeah, started but out? Yeah, after, like, I think he went three years in a row and didn't see anything, and he told us that he didn't want to hunt anymore. Yeah. And so we called a friend who has, like, overrun with doe, and they just it's really for their kids to hunt. Yeah. And said, so just bring him out here, and he shot a doe within, like, an hour. Yeah. And, and that, now he's obsessed with it. Right. Uh, I think another thing, too, is, is, if, you, is if you yeah. don't have the access to private land and you can find somebody who has will let you go in there, you know, in the months of, you know, I say end of January, between January, the end of January to – April, March, when they start shedding somewhere. Yeah. And that, and, that, and, and that time frame of when they shed, just ask somebody to go go shed hunting. Right. And let the kids have fun trying to go look for sheds. Right. Like, okay, well, this deer was this size, you know. Yeah. You know, you know maybe, you know, if we can, you know, look next year or something. You know, yeah. Make, you know, he's going to be, you know, kind of teach them, you know. That's a really good point because I feel like the only time you're going to have a hang-up with that is if – 
Okay, Brad, you have this deer. You've been following for four years. You're letting him grow. Yeah. You're going to want his shed. Exactly, yeah. Other than his shed, you probably don't care about any of the other sheds on the farm. Probably not, no, no. So if the kid happens to come across Mr. 200, Mr. Stickers, he's got the crazy, you're probably going to want that. Mm -hmm. But literally any other deer, like I think people... People tend to forget, like, when you're hunting a specific deer, that's not the only deer that lives you're on that farm. You're putting investment into that one deer, especially on your on your, on your your trail cameras. Yeah. So you're trying to put investment into that one deer that you see every year. And that, right. Like, that's the one I want. Right. You know, you're going to kind of monitor what... But the is, rest, like, I think people tend to think, like, that's the only deer that's on that property. And that's not the case. There are... If you're hunting a, if you're hunting a piece of land that's got a 200-inch deer, there's a very high probability that you've got tons of other smaller bucks running around that like so shed opportunity is high the kid's gonna find a kid can find a spike a shed antler spike and be like oh my god i got one exactly yeah. and you're not gonna care if, if someone takes a spike shed antler or no. even like a, a 130 inch deer exactly. if you're hunting a big 180 200 you don't care about the 130 inch deer mm -hmm. that kid's got so many opportunities to be out there, get involved, and not many people are very protective of that. So no. your opportunity to get the kid, like you were saying, you to get out there. You have a better opportunity there. of actually getting on somebody's land to go shed hunting. Yeah. Than you do actually hunting an actual deer. Right. And then I know from past experience from where from where our farm is, there's a lot of elderly farmers who need help. Right. You know, if you can find somebody that says, you know what, I see I see a fence needs fixed. Yeah. You know what, I'll fix it for you and trade for deer hunt right you know right trade some you know go do something for the farmer or go do something for the guy on the on the land yeah and that's a i mean that's something that's been kind of lost i think at least from from my standpoint in iowa iowa has become like here's the thing we can argue all as deer hunters we can argue all day about what's the best state someone's gonna say iowa someone's gonna say missouri northern missouri someone's gonna say southern iowa someone's gonna say illinois someone's gonna say kansas those are truly the big buck states in the country. Yeah. Um, but I just lost my train of thought. God, what was I just going to say? I went to grab a bush light and I lost my train of thought. You were saying that's a, what, something that's lost is people trading out. Oh, like, yeah. 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 Right so, so for the sake of, for the sake of the argument, I'm going to say, Iowa primarily gets the name of the the biggest buck. Like when you when you're talking about like if you are a non-resident, you have one state to go to to get the biggest buck of your life. People are tending to go to Iowa. Oh, yeah. That doesn't mean like I said, Kansas, Missouri, Illinois, those are all you can shoot just as big or bigger there, but for whatever reason, Iowa is the whitetail state. That's mm -hmm. just what that's what we got. Yeah. Um and what's come with that in Iowa is that you can't really go door to door anymore. Turkey season, for sure. In Iowa, you see a turkey in the field, you go up to that farmer's door, they're pretty much like, yeah, kill it, because it's messing with my, my land. Mm -hmm. uh, bucks, no. no. I would assume it's pretty similar probably in, in you know, Missouri and Can the bigger buck states, but, like, you don't I, – I guess what I'm getting at is, like, to get your kids involved, like – we, me as a hunter, I feel like unless my kid goes and shoots a deer, he's going to hate it. He's not going to love hunting. But I think the real, like the kid, the kid doesn't know and the kid doesn't care about shooting a deer. The kid wants to see deer. 
the kid wants the adventure of being like, hey, here's a here's a field shed hunting, for instance. Go run, look for deer antlers, and go run around this field. I'm not going to tell you to stop. I'm not going to tell you don't go there. You just get to be wild and free. Go look for deer antlers. Kids your age, yes. Yeah. 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 Older kids are like you. Like Caden was getting frustrated. Like right. You were getting frustrated. That's how Caden. Was. Right. But I, f I bet year one, Caden just wanted to see deer. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I feel like that initial to get their spark, because I feel like when you get to Caden's, when Caden gets to the point where Caden wants to shoot one, he's already drawn in. He already True. is interested in it. Right. That's important where it's like, now we need to kill one because that's the next he's step. Like there enough hours and seen correct. enough, he's like, it's time to get Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Once a kid puts in enough time to understand, like, we're not just out here just for the hell of it. The kid understands, like, we're here to kill a deer. Now he needs to take that next step, usually with a doe, and he needs to put one down. But just to get him involved, yeah, go knock door to door because most farmers, most ever, like, if you're respectful to their land, you're not screwing around, you're not leaving trash, not rutting their field with your truck. A lot of them probably aren't going to care if you go shed hunt on their land. Because I got nephews from age 11 all the way down to age. You want to throw that in here? Yeah, age four, and they're into it, but they love shed hunting so much because they get to see because they because they save them, right? And, and then and then then they every year you make a you make a, a thing of it, it gets them involved, right? And so then you, you keep them intrigued, right? You know that way. Well, and then you start making the connection with them, like when you have shed antlers like you can look at those all year round you have exactly. that in your hand exactly. um but yeah then they start then they're gonna get to the point where like they start understanding like Are you getting any of that this antler came off of a deer mm -hmm. i want that deer just think he may be bigger next year than, 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 yeah. than what than what this is right here yeah but yeah no i think that's a that's a great point like i don't I really don't know too many people that would say no. And here's the thing too, like not to take advantage of your kids, but even as an adult, if you just like, I love shed hunting myself by myself because I love going in the woods. I love being by myself. You can get away with a lot more. With Dude, when you, with the, yeah, the land yes. When you go to a door, if you go to a door by yourself, all that farmer, all that landowner sees is a 36-year-old Vince who wants to take advantage of their land that they've worked hard for, that they keep up. Mm -hmm. You pull up a four-year-old, that hits on the heartstrings, and they're like, oh, shit, this little kid, people love that. Yeah. And so not to, not to, you know, what's the X, X uh, what's that word? Not extradite. <laughs> what? Exploit. Not oh, to exploit yeah. your children. Yeah. But when you truly want to get them into it, like bring your kid with you to the door. Let that farmer, let that landowner see your four-year-old, your five-year-old, your six-year-old. Exactly. Because they're going to look at that kid and say that like, this, I want this kid to have fun. Just say, hey, right now, you know, he's just getting in, in, into deer hunting. We don't want to shoot anything. We just want to go walk and look for sheds. Yeah. That's all we want to do, you know. You know. And then if you find something on there, go back, go back to the to the guy's house and be like, hey, you know what? Hey. Right. This is this is what we found. Right. You know. You, you know. I know we're shed hunting, but you know, do you care if? Yeah. 
it's the, a big uh, it's a big respect game. Yeah. You've got to really overly respect that landowner. And a lot of times people are people and like if you can get that little in, that little inch of an in, whether that's bringing your kid with or what, if if you get that like you know what? I want your kid to go have fun and I can provide that. A lot of people will let that happen even if it's one day. Get that in and then be overly respectful. Yeah. Ask, "Hey, do you need any help with anything?" "Hey, here's what we found. I wanted to bring it to you and say, "Hey, I don't know if any of these sheds are important to you. If you yeah. want like, "Hey, this is your monster buck shed. I wanted to make sure you had that." Um I mean, there's instances where you might find the monster buck shed and if the kid found it, that person might be like, you know what, go ahead and keep it. Yeah. But those experiences can also lead to, hey, you know what, that person came on my land, and this is where turkey hunting is good for deer hunting. You actually took the time and respected me enough to come to my door and ask me face-to-face. You didn't send me a letter. You didn't try to Facebook message me. You came and talked to me. You were respectful. You were nice. You came on my land. I told you not to drive here. You didn't drive there. You didn't rut my field. You didn't leave a can. You didn't leave a wrapper. You didn't destroy my land. Now you have an in. Mm-hmm. Now you can kind of... And now it's, it's more like a relationship yeah. than a taking advantage of Correct. They just jumped off the roof of that building. And also, and also, too, you know, take some tools with you. Yeah. You know, and just say, hey, you know what? You know, why am I here shed hunting? Is there anything you want done out here? You know, I have some tools with me. You know, do you need, do you need a fix? Do you need a fence fix? Do you need something? Do you need, you need a tree cut? Yeah. You know, you know, I got my chainsaw with me. Yeah. Is there something I can do out here while I'm out here shedding? Right. Right. And I think that, I mean, like I said, even at the very least, if the only opportunity that opens up is you got to go shed hunting one time, one day with your kid, that's, that is perfect. That gets them sparked. Yes. That's, that lights that spark. If right that there. does transition into a relationship for hunting, for turkey hunting, for whatever it may be let down the road, you, I wouldn't go in with the expectation that if I'm just, you know, super fake, super superficially nice, they're going to let me deer hunt there. Probably not. No. You know, they're probably not. But there's a lot of other opportunities around the hunting world to get your kids involved. Um, even for you, like I said, I love shed hunting. If I, because of my four-year-old, can go shed hunt. With my four-year-old, mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome. Oh yeah, you know, so it's. I would say, yeah, don't be afraid to kind of try that out. Well, and you know? it's networking. You're meeting more people by doing that. Right. That landowner may have another person out there. Right. Well, I've heard that too. Like, hey, hey, man, I don't want you to hunt here, but I got a buddy down the road who doesn't care about people hunting, or his his field's loaded with doe. He'll let your kid go hunt a doe there. You know, that, yeah, that's a good point because it doesn't just end with that particular farmer. But that's what it seems like now, and that's especially talking about it because I didn't throw open on it. Robbie, he said, used to, you could go to any door that you, any farmer, you knock yeah. on the door, hey, do you mind? Yeah, don't turn the flat, go ahead. Yeah. And now he's like the younger generation's like taking over all that stuff. Yeah. And they don't let any, for not a, not all of them, but for the most part, they are a lot less likely. Right. Like, oh no, I've already got, you know, me and my buddies are already out here. I've got a, enough people that I've already got out here, you know. Well, and that but, too, like, uh, brings up a point with the younger generation of like, I think I would pretty much argue if your kid is being raised in like a, not that a hunting household is like something sacred, but it really is. 
you you raise your kid up with a different set of uh, different set of ethics and morals than just a wild ass kid. Yeah. But one thing that's going to work against the younger generation in terms of knocking on doors is like for a vast majority of kids where like if you're an older person and the only exposure you have is like the news, social media, the whatever the internet kids right now who are like 13 who really want to get in on a big buck most of the kids are shitty so you you're fighting an uphill battle because i think older people who have land or people who are maybe in their 50s who might be those people that would let you come on or let you come on their land like all they see is like the younger generation is super disrespectful they're going to come on they're going to eat their little debbie snacks in the stand and they're going to throw the trash and you're you know so that that's one thing I see in the future as being like a, an uphill battle for like hunting kids who want to try to gain hey, access. Do you want me to come on But yeah, and then you know this can lead into another subject too, or another podcast for a later time or whatever too. But I don't. But I know in Kansas, I'm sure it's worse in Missouri, Iowa, no matter wherever you're hunting at. The people that are renting land, or buying land out of state yes. that are that are that are say for example, Missouri buying land in Kansas. Yeah, just deer hunt. That's yeah. people are buying yeah. up land right and left for for deer hunting, and I know because across the street from our farm, a guy from New York, right. big time lawyer, bought a piece of land, built a little cabin on there, built a little airstrip over there. Yeah. So he so he flies in his clients. So he flies yeah. in his clients to go deer hunting or turkey hunting or whatever, and then then they fly back to New York. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's everywhere you go too. So that's another big issue there, base fighting. Yeah, and I. It's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't. Did you see the video we shared on Facebook about Robbie's friend Dustin having to roll some decoys on the tractor because the duck hunters no. wouldn't get off their land? No. They leased it to them and they wouldn't pay the lease and it was like a month past the lease and they still hadn't paid and they were, they were doing tours on the land. Oh, really? Duck hunting tours. And um, they, they kept telling them, get off, get off, get off. And finally they said, all right. And they, they were out there with a tour. They, they had people out there. And they really? were out there with the combine and just rolled all the decoys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll show you the video. It's, it's actually yeah and that yeah that is a that is a struggle too because we have that in iowa as well where you take it it's the the price of land is currently so high that you're myself you know i i would say that in terms of dollars a year i have what you would consider a good job i have a really good job i can provide for my family we can have extra fun but I can't buy a hundred acres. I can't buy five hundred no, acres. No, no, no. But guess who can? Dude from Chicago, who you know, all he wants to do is gun hunt once a year. Now that land is it's done. Exactly. He buys it. He brings his friends in during gun season. Um, not to mention, you get guys who like, which you know, no fall on them, but like maybe they want to try to bow hunt, but they don't put the time in. So you're wounding these deer. You're doing like that's a big yeah. I think that the the uh, disparity between income has really driven like a lot of land in Iowa. You, you're not going to get on because it's been leased out to a guy who wants to come for one week in the entire year, and that's it. Exactly. And now you've shut that whole 500-acre farm, that whatever it is, that's shut down to everybody that mm. lives in Iowa. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good point, but. 
All right, guys. Well, we're going to cut it off there. It's been 30 minutes. We got all kinds of other stuff. We're cooking. We're doing other things. Um, if we get that video of the decoys being rolled over, we're going to post that as well. So you can check that on Instagram. Make sure you guys are checking us out at Antlin for the Co on Instagram. Hit us up over there. And uh, you guys know, just share the show. That's all I ask. Share the show with your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your boyfriend's girlfriend, whoever wants to listen to the show. Share the show. That allows us to keep getting great guests on the main show. Uh, and we will catch up with you guys next week. This is AFCO After Hours. Okay.